It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Twins run into a buzzsaw as they fall to the Astros in Game 3 by a score of 9-1, to dropping the series two games to one, and we're here to break it all down. What's up, what's up? Back in the lab, back at it. Another Twins postcast episode right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. You got myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. That's Brandon Warren, host of the Lockdown Twins podcast. Go follow him on X, at Brandon underscore Warren. And Brandon, before we jump into all the action from Game 3, let me remind everyone this postcast episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself with a purchase of a Jace case providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics to treat over 50 types of infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. All right, brother, let's jump right into it. Twins kick off game three at Target Field versus the Astros. And I mean, feeling about as good as you can leaving Houston with the split series tied one game apiece, knowing full well, all right, now you got Sonny Gray in the mound in game three, a guy who, hey, been about rock solid and as consistent as they come all season long. Top three ERA pitcher in the league for that matter. So let's just start with your initial reaction and how everything kind of went down from your perspective. Just give us your overview of how things played out today and maybe the two or three biggest things that hurt the Twins today in that 9-1 to one thumping. The, the Astros very clearly came out ready to hit the sweeper, and you know they focused on that with the broadcast. But ultimately, you know the, the Twins were sunk in that first inning. You can call it an error. You can call it a double. If you call it a double, Jordan Alvarez has four extra base hits. So uh, it was that kind of day at the office for the Twins. Sonny was not at his best, and it wasn't entirely his fault. Again, the first inning kind of unraveled on him. But it just, it, he had a lot of starts like this this year. I, I shouldn't say a lot. He had a few, though, where it was like he just kind of had to really grit and gut through five. In this case, it was four and just didn't have his best stuff today. And it certainly didn't help that Christian Javier comes in and is absolutely dicing. Uh, that slider was impossible to read in the sun. And sunshade, sunshade, depending on the inning, I guess. Um, and the Twins just didn't do enough with the situations they had opportunities to break through in the game nine one is obviously it's going to look like a blowout and in a lot of ways it was but the twins had opportunities to get back into it and just couldn't cash them in they looked over eager at times in those spots and i'll be curious to see if there's any changes to the lineup because we've seen absolutely nothing out of alex kirilov we've seen absolutely nothing out of matt walner and um you know so the, the, there may be some changes here in game four it'll be interesting to see how they square off against Joe Ryan and we'll get to that in a little bit though I suppose yeah well said first of all I do want to go through each of those topics uh, you know piece by piece a little bit more in depth because you know again bigger picture heading in the stage was kind of set if you're a twins fan and you could win this game game three all the talk was around then all right is Houston gonna pivot or not are they gonna throw up Verlander and a do or die game four and if so hey I think we're cool with that, right? Because that just means, all right, even if you win that, we got Pablo coming back in game five and you just used your best asset, at least on the mound anyways. All that obviously changes though now. Twins fall short today in game three and now it's do or die for them tomorrow. But let's rewind to Sonny Gray today. Spend a few minutes there. You kind of touched on it because, I don't know, so much was made about 
the consistency and specifically how great that sweeper pitch has been for him all year. Batters hitting under 100 average on that pitch all season long. So I guess what happened today, in your opinion, was it playoff nerves? Was it the adrenaline? Was it a cold weather, too chilly? Or, or I mean, hey, was it that Astros lineup just was the better of the two today and they won the battle in game three? And that's what the Astros do. They score runs with that gauntlet of a lineup. Yeah, that's the exact word I was going to use. Gauntlet one through five is nasty. Mm. And then number six is Yanir Diaz, who has, uh, has been an incredible rookie on offense this year as a catcher, DHing today, of course. But you get into that bottom of that order, that Jeremy Pena, where um, he's like a, a, a junior Carlos Correa. You can see he's mm. got that big game uh, gene to him where he performs and so it just, it was top to bottom, a complete offensive performance, 14 hits for the Astros. And they just were unrelenting um, leadoff batter gets on each of the first, I think it was six innings. And that, that is just, it's not a recipe for success. And they also mentioned too, like the, the three jams for Javier, he worked out of all three of them, but the third one is usually the one where you really have to tight rope. And sometimes it goes sideways on you you got to take your hat off to him. He was great, but mm. um, twins immediately digging that hole big early allows a guy who um, walked five batters. I mean, let's, let's be honest. He, he struck out a bunch of guys, but his command was at yeah. times spotty. Um, you know, hats off to him for executing when he needed to, to get out of a couple of big jams, uh, three jams, I guess, in all. I, I was kind of sitting back going, man, you know, at this point, <sighs> We're swinging at some pitches out of the zone, which we'll get into in you know here in a second. But kind of just sitting back, going, just sit back and let see if he can actually just start throwing some strikes over and over and over again. And they never really got to that point. But again, like you called out, five walks, nine strikeouts, but the five walks again got him into some trouble. He eventually just kind of flipped on a switch and got out of that trouble though early on. A couple quick stats from today, from Sonny anyways. He gets in some early trouble thanks to that Kirilov error at first base in the first inning. Moments later, gives up the moon shot to Abreu. Apparently, they said it on the broadcast. I'm sure you heard it. That was the first home run on a sweeper pitch from Sonny Gray since July 2022? Like, what? Twins fans are just sitting there thinking to themselves, why us? Like, what, what's yeah. the deal, man? What's the deal? And then if that wasn't enough, gives up another home run to Bregman in the fifth on a sweeper as well. So on the day in total, on 17 swings versus the sweeper pitch, I'm just talking, Astros batters only swung and missed three total times all day. Uh, was there like a specific unique game plan they had versus him? And that pitch I'm talking about specifically, because they did mention it again on the broadcast. It just looked like they were behind on every fastball. And as opposed to, okay, so we're just sitting on the breaking stuff and that sweeper pitch instead. Yeah. When you can eliminate the fastball or uh, in this case, it was kind of counterintuitive when the twins beat Kevin Gaussman, they were able to eliminate or at least kind of uh, spit on the split. With yeah. Framber Valdez in game two, it was the breaking ball. And it felt as though they eliminated the fastball to attack the sweeper, which seems counterintuitive, but I'm sure they had for some reason or another uh, a tell or something in the data that said, um, you know, this is what you're going to want to watch for. It may not be the easiest pitch to sit on, but if that's what you're looking for, it's going to make you a little better at it. And I think too, um, Sonny's fastball probably isn't good enough where you can't spoil it. And I think, like you said, you know, 
they had uh, they were swinging behind some fastballs, but Sonny doesn't throw 95. He'll touch 94 at times, more 92, 93. And so that is why he has to kind of pitch the way he does, front door two-seam fastballs, breaking balls. He's not going to blow you away like Pablo Lopez can at times. So, um, you know, it just it, it wasn't his day. And that, that's easy to say from this vantage point, this viewpoint. But again, that Houston offense is so nasty. And they were 21 games above 500 on the road this year. So, like, we we talked wait, about how Wait a minute, actually, wait a minute. Say that again? Wait a minute. 21 games what? above 500 on the road. So That had to, to in, be top three in the league, if not number one. That's oh, I'm sure. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's number one. Um, okay. And you know, they just, it's guys who've been there before. And that's the thing about playoff experience. It's so fleeting. And you think all you want to do is get back there and there's no guarantee of it. So you have guys like, you know, Willie Castro getting his first uh, start in the playoffs this year and all that. Um, You get there and you get that valuable experience, but there's never a guarantee you get back, which is why the Astros getting back as often as they have um, not only is remarkable, but it has given guys valuable experience. That's why guys like Carlos Correa have 60-something RBIs in the playoffs, which is like a half a really good season, uh, is opportunities. So uh, hopefully the Twins show up for Game 4 um, with Joe Ryan rip-roaring and ready to go. Uh, Astros going to change it up a little bit. But um, the Twins came into this game with about as good mojo as you can have to face the Astros, and the game went about as poorly as you could imagine it yeah. we talked about a pressure free more or less win in game two and this was um this was the antithesis of that no well said there as well um just real quick the cat and mouse game between baseball pitchers and baseball hitters if you're sunny and you notice that right that they've made the adjustment now at what point is it your job to make the adjustment back then? Because, you know, before you know it, against a lineup like this, it's 4 nothing and eventually 5 nothing. Would you say at any point the Astros won the day when it came to making the better adjustments faster than the Twins? Like, was that a Rocco versus Dusty kind of thing? Or how would you how would you view and assess that part of it? Well, they focused on Alex Sintra on helping his hitters get prepared. And so I think it may have been something with the, the coaching staff on Houston's side, just having these hitters prepared – I mean, it's no secret guys like you or me can figure out what Sonny Gray wants to do, but you have to be kind of measured on how you jump at it and how you attack it because sometimes you end up chasing your own tail against a really good pitcher. You know, you got a guy coming in who doesn't throw that hard and you convince yourself, oh, he's going to be easy to hit. And then he picks at the corners and gets you to chase out of the zone and that sort of thing. I think it was just a veteran kind of uh, veteran-laden lineup just doing what they do. And the onus is on you is, you know, you asked how fast should you make those uh, adjustments in the postseason? It's, it's like lightning quick in the regular season. It's, it's fast, you know, but in the postseason, um, you know, it's just a couple pitches. You have to be doing that on the fly. I, I don't necessarily want to say he didn't do that very well. It's just that, you know, he was in hot water immediately. And once the day went sideways, it just never felt like it was fully on track. Yeah, no, not the outing we all hope for, obviously. Sonny Gray goes just four innings, tying the shortest outing of his entire season, by the way. Normally, he's rock solid, Mr. Consistent. You can always count on at least five or more innings from him. So just an unfortunate series of events from him today. In fact, I think he mentioned it, at least Sonny, every single leadoff hitter got on base today in all five innings, kind of just setting him up for a long day, especially versus, again, just this relentless gauntlet of a lineup with virtually no give top to bottom. Um, moving on here. So I know this one in theory 
on paper anyways. Makes no sense because both teams have to play with the exact same elements going on. But you saw, especially early on, Twins hitters having a nearly impossible time with the sun-slash-shade factor going on when up at bat. Now, again, Astros hitters figured it out pretty quickly, 4 nothing in the first, but especially in some crucial, I mean, critical moments there early on, like two runners on base, uh, one even sometimes no outs. You got your best hitters up at the plate, and you got Royce Lewis and Carlos Correa kind of just flailing at some pitches way out of the strike zone that weren't even close. I guess just talk to me about that, and if it felt like the Astros, I don't know, figured something out the Twins didn't, or uh, is it something even deeper like Christian Javier's pitches just happen to favor those tough elements? Or what was your take, I guess, on the elements out there from what you saw? Well, Javier has the longest active scoreless inning streak in postseason That's baseball. True. So, I mean, he's he's built for this. But it, part of me wonders, and I don't know how much it matters or not, but the guys that broke through for them early were right-handed hitters. So I don't know if the shadows were different for a – a right on right versus a right on left. Um, but we did see, I guess, Correa and Royce struggle as well. So I don't know if it was maybe the tilt of the slider that uh, that Javier was throwing or the breaking ball that was different than Gray. I think all of that matters a little bit. But also, too, the pitch that, that Abreu hit out was center cut. I mean, that you you see that breaking ball up and hanging, and your eyes get about as big as saucers. And I think... Jose Abreu said, yes, sir, I'll have another. Um, that Actually, that's what Alvarez has been doing all series mm-hmm. long. Uh, but, you know, they beat you with their big guys. Bregman said, you know, the sun has not gotten that much better. I think he was playing it a little bit coy, kind of had a little grin on his face. Yeah. I think they I think they just, um, you know, elements are the same for everyone. It's like a football game when it's raining or snowing. You know, the, the crazy rain or wind football games we see in, like, New England sometimes. Um you really can't point to any of it, but for whatever reason, I just feel like the Astros were a little better equipped for it. And I don't know, you know, cause the twins had a lefty heavy lineup because Javier has been more vulnerable against lefties. So I don't know if lefties facing, you know, they both face the hitter's eye, the batter's eye, but if there's a little different angle with the sun and the shade and the, 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 the difference between the two, cause the ball will go in and out of the, Sun, as you kind of watch the the band of grass between home mm-hmm. and uh, and the mound, I don't know how much different that is for right-handed hitters versus left-handed hitters. I think it's actually a little different, but maybe not a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be curious to ask if, if you know if I was covering the game in person, I'd probably ask um, you know maybe somebody uh, switch hitter like Willie Castro or something. Yeah. Hey, is there a difference here? Um, because I can't say for sure, but I get the feeling that maybe that could be uh, a little bit of a part of it. Oh, man, Christian Javier, though, some junk in the trunk today, throwing smoke. Not just the stat line, which was obviously so impressive, just one hit through five innings, nine strikeouts, but, like, the Twins hitters never really even felt like they got the barrel of the bat on the ball and hit anything with much authority on him all day, for the most part, anyways, outside of that Kepler double early on. How good was he? Because it feels like he's doing the same exact thing he did last year, turns it on in the playoffs, kind of hitting another gear, another stratosphere now in October. You're talking about Javier? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to go from a no-hitter to a one-hitter. Unbelievable, boy, the, dude. the audacity. It's uh, it's like uh, incredible to see how, you know, he had a 4.65 ERA in the regular season. He was, uh, he, he's very talented. He's very skilled. The execution just wasn't quite there. And it didn't matter. So, and some of these guys, you get to October and they can just flip the switch. Carlos Correa is another one. 
And I think Jeremy Pena is going to become one of those guys. But Jose Abreu late in the season did it. He was horrible to start the year. Um, Javier, you know, he's you're starting to get to a point where like, I don't want to see that guy again in this series. Well, you Correct. could also say that yeah. about Verlander. You could also say that about uh, any other late inning relievers. Uh, just like the Astros, I'm sure, are saying we don't want to see Pablo again. Well, if it goes to game five, who knows? But um, right now, Javier just is on an October roll. And ordinarily, I'd be like, you know, I'd be skeptical of it just because, you know, it's October, it's a month out of every year, and it, so much can happen between Octobers that changes your perception and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, I mean, tip your cap. He executed. Even in struggles, he executed. He And for, for all the walks, uh, his strike-to-ball strike ratio was still pretty good. Mm -hmm. So part of me wonders if the walks, some of it was just kind of moving the ball in and out of the zone and seeing what would work, too. Because when you have a 4-0 lead when you step on the mound, that gives you a ton of leeway to do a lot of different things on the mound that you may not have the confidence to do in the postseason when it's tied or maybe just a one run lead. Yeah. Good point there. Uh, what'd you think of the home crowd today? I mean, even despite not a lot to cheer about, they were in it from start to finish. And what I really love, they had the college basketball bit going on, chanting the shot clock yep. down for Javier there early on. How much of a home field advantage does that give a team or just boost their confidence in the dugout, knowing they've got the crowd factor behind them like that? Yeah, it was a hot crowd. It didn't make me forget about Philly or anything like that, but it was a sure. good crowd. Really, yeah. really good crowd. Um, my only complaint, and they actually brought this up too, is say the wrong number. Don't count right. it down. You got to get in his head. Down for yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You know, subtract two numbers or you're almost you know. helping him a little bit, right? Right, right. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's hard to say because I don't think he would really focus on it and actually use it, but mm -hmm. it's not hurting him as much if you're giving him the exact time. So, um, you know, it's just a little inside baseball fan know how. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, it, I, I don't think it makes that much difference. The, the yeah. crowd was good. The crowd was hot. Um, it stinks that they had to play an afternoon weekday game. You know, it's mm -hmm. like uh, the weekday midweek bowl on December 27th brought to you by insight.com. You know, like you're watching two Mac teams playing on a field that's purple and you're like, what am I doing here? Same kind of deal here is like, and why am I betting on it too? I don't even know. Exactly. These guys. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, it's brought to you by, and then it's like the people's court, you know, all the stuff that's on the yeah. middle of the day. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. So, I mean, it, 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 it not a really great hand to be dealt. You ideally want to be playing under those lights, but uh, you know, we'll see what happens in terms of game four. I'm enthused. I'm excited. I'm not ready to pack it up. And guess what? Even if it ends here, like what a fun playoff. run! Absolutely. I, hope does, I hope when you and I come back or if, uh, if we talk with Sam mm -hmm. uh, after tomorrow's game, whoever we're talking to that mm -hmm. we're celebrating the potential for a game five. Um, Absolutely. Because I'd rather love and lose than to never love at all. And if you want to enjoy this team and they lose in four to Houston, it's not going to feel so bad if Houston goes on to win the pennant in the world series. But at the end of the day, you still get left wanting more. And I think that's a good feeling as a fan, believe it or not. Very well said too. Last thing about the home crowd too. I just want to mention the Jorge Polanco swinging and missing on that strike three call where the ball hit his bat foul tipped in the catcher's glove. But apparently because of the crowd noise, the ump couldn't hear that one. Polanco mm -hmm. ends up walking to load the bases. That was kind of a huge turn of events there as well. Um, yeah. I want to break down and preview game four tomorrow in target field, what that all looks like. But first quick word from our sponsor. 
quick reminder, this episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Life throws plenty of curveballs at us. That's why the Jace case is out there providing you with five, count them, five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, giving you that peace of mind. You've got access to the right medication on hand whenever you need it with the Jace case. Jace case is simple. They handle the entire evaluation process. Plus, they've got licensed pharmacy medication delivery to your doorstep, along with the consultations and care when you need it. Save over $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical. Plus, save an additional $20 when you use the code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On, at checkout over at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Use the promo code Locked On for the peace of mind when you need it. All right, man. So... Three games in now, game four on deck tomorrow, one o'clock, pending the Rangers Baltimore game tonight because the Rangers sweep them. Then they'll move our game up to the evening slot. Then we'll get first pitch around 6.07 p.m. Central Standard Time instead. Um, Joe Ryan announced the game four starter. Obviously, do or die time now. And if you're a fan, you desperately want to do everything and anything you can to get to game five, get your stud Pablo Lopez back out on the mound, especially after his gym, obviously in game two. Talk to me about what it all looks like. Like, what's the game plan if you're Rocco and how short is that leash going to be? Yeah, it's probably not going to be excessively long. I think if he gives you four innings, you're probably pretty excited about it. And if he can keep them in the ballpark again, same deal there. Um, the big thing is that his home run issue was largely, largely limited to when he was dealing with the groin did give up some homers in Colorado, but that's, um, you know, that's like getting candy when you go to Halloween. Uh, so not, not that surprising. Um, but they're going to be all hands on deck, both sides. Houston doesn't have a specific starter yet, but I'm sure they're going to do the, what we call Johnny Allstaff or Johnny Holstaff approach, where it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. The Twins have Paddock. They'll have Jacks who barely pitched today. Duran, Stewart, et cetera, et cetera. So they're in a spot where they can piece it together. And, you know, it's kind of like putting together a puzzle. Um, just depends on what it looks like at the end. Uh, if it's going to be something you want to hang on the wall or just throw away. Uh, so we'll see. But it's, you know, you think about game five and wanting to get there. But, um, you know, you have to do that first. Uh, the whole staff approach for both sides is going to be curious because, it means your lineup decisions change a little bit. You're not sitting on a righty all day or a lefty. Although, although with the Astros, you're not going to face a lefty at all because of Fromber. But for the Twins, you know they can mix and match a little bit more with Thielbar, um, especially against Alvarez and Tucker. And I, I want to talk about that too. We keep seeing people say, "Don't throw to Alvarez," and it's like, yeah, I get yeah, that. And I yeah. get that. I get that. I get that. I get that. But when behind him you have Kyle Tucker who led the AL and RBIs it's not as easy as just saying yeah what are you gonna it's, do it's like, it's like yeah. not you know, like I, I hate keep going to football metaphors for you but you can't just not throw to someone's side of the field you've got to try it's certainly right. a shutdown guy like Deion Sanders or Namdi for sure years yep. ago you're gonna look away from him but you, you have to pitch to the guy I mean you can't just Walk you have to keep him honest at least once in a while, for sure. By the way, did he hit three straight balls in the exact same spot today? Every uh, time they ended up right in the same line? spot. Yeah, yeah, true. But they ended true. up. They ended up in the same spot. He ended up in the same spot. So that's right. That's something right. Something to be said for consistency. 
Um, hey, give us a little quick spotlight on JP France. Sounds like he's going to get the nod for the okay. Astros tomorrow in game four. Now, like, just pretend I'm five years old. Like, what's the basic scouting report look like on him for fans listening at home? What they can look for, strengths, weaknesses. How do the Twins attack him, I guess, and get their swag back, so to speak? Yeah, it's going to be a pretty short stint for okay. him, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, okay. ERA almost four, but his secondary stuff in terms of statistics, not good. Um, not many strikeouts, too many walks, too many homers. Um, the, the homer rate isn't bad, but when you consider that he doesn't strike anybody out and walks guys, it's not great. Uh, not big time stuff. Throws a lot of different pitches. He's a five pitch pitcher. We'll sit in kind of the low to mid nineties with the heater, but he's going to bring a lot of different looks at you. And it's just kind of like, this is our, when you look at your, your number five or number four starters in a pretty good rotation, this is exactly what they look like. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the twins saw him and I don't think they fared particularly well against him. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in one of the outings, I remember watching and being frustrated because, uh, I thought he was the guy that twins should get to. And sure. instead it just, it just didn't happen. Um, but with that said, yeah, it's going to be, I think he's probably even going to be on a shorter timetable than Joe Ryan. And if Ryan keeps the Astros in the ballpark, there's this guy is the limit literally because the twins are not, you know, if the twins are up four zero after one inning and, and Joe Ryan goes out there and pitches well, They'll ride him as long as they need to, but I'm expecting a minimum of five pitchers for the Twins tomorrow, and mm-hmm. a minimum of probably five. I'm 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 setting the over under at nine point five for total pitchers I like it. tomorrow. I like I'm that. Taking the over, I think. I like that. We'll see how that line moves as we get closer to the first pitch tomorrow. There you um, go. Anything else you're looking for tomorrow from a, a managerial standpoint, so to speak, like that we might see Rocco tweak or think about doing from your perspective? Like today, you mentioned it. They put Castro in center for Taylor, for example, because they wanted as many lefties in the lineup as possible versus Javier. What type of moves like that, if any, could you see taking place? It wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if. Kirilov and Walner were not starting. Just okay. again, the bats have been so stagnant. Uh, part of me wonders too if if Kirilov isn't hundred percent healthy. He did have that play against Toronto where he kind of got stumbled on at first base. I think it was the was the Polanco misplay. Mm-hmm. I want to miss if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I don't know how he's feeling. He's not looking too good at the plate. So we'll see what happens there. But I would guess might be a little more veteran laden lineup. I don't know if it means you know, Kyle Farmer in there somewhere, or if it's more along the lines of, you know, Donovan Solano in uh, at first base and maybe Willie Castro and left and Walner sitting. Um, and, you know, Ryan Jeffers offensively hasn't done much either. So maybe Christian Vasquez gets in there to catch Joe Ryan. Maybe they want a little more, um, you know, veteran moxie, veteran experience behind the plate. We've seen the Astros do that this series with Maldonado and Vasquez is in some ways a similar kind of player. So I'm guessing, you'll see one or both of those lefties start the game on the bench for the twins. And I think, I think Vasquez will probably catch tomorrow, but it wouldn't shock me if he doesn't, which I guess probably sounds like talking out of both sides of my mouth, but um, no, I get a lot of options now here going into game four and a do or die. Things change very quickly. Now, now that you, you you know, obviously you got to win right now or you go home Uh, before we close up shop here, quick reminder to subscribe to the show channel. If you haven't already, plus make sure you subscribe to the lockdown twins podcast as Brandon keeps breaking down the team each and every week on the lockdown twins podcast network. Uh, All right, man, give us, I guess just your final 30 second thoughts Going into do or die game four tomorrow for the twins. 2023 season is on the line. I mean, I get it. 
this Astros team is the defending world champs for a reason. That lineup is absolutely stacked top to bottom. They ran into a buzzsaw today. What are you looking for tomorrow, though? Or if you can, try to shine a little hope or optimism for the fans listening and watching at home right now. Well, this isn't going to necessarily be Greg Coleman breaking down the Vikings for <laughs> 30 seconds before the game starts. But this is what – yes, exactly. This is what you prepare – all year for, all winter. Winter is cold. It's coming soon. You may even feel a tinge of it in the air tomorrow at Target Field. And if this doesn't thrill you, then I would question what you're watching baseball for. It certainly stinks to be on the brink of elimination. You can say they're going to go home. You can say they could stay home. They're already home. We'll see what happens. But if you are built for this, if you're built for October, if this is what you're all about, then there's no better place to be as a baseball fan. Twins are, in some respects, playing with house money. People didn't expect them to get to this point in terms of the regular season, now the postseason. And guess what? They're still, for the most part, going toe-to-toe with the defending champions. There's no moral victories in October, and we're not looking for that. The Twins need real victories in October. It starts tomorrow, and then they can go back to Houston with Pablo, seal the deal here, and get ready to play the ALCS against... Mm, probably Texas. Ooh, baby, I'm about to. I'm ready to run through a brick wall right now. Okay. Um. By the Ooh. way, one of nine with runners in scoring position today. Got to hope that balances out a little bit. Reverts mm-hmm. back to the mean a little bit tomorrow. They can get the bats rolling again in front of that rock and home field crowd out over at Target Field. And hey, I said it before. I think it was last week. ESPN's Jeff Passan said this is the most dangerous team, the Twins, that is, of anyone in the playoffs because nobody was hotter coming in given their second half of the season and specifically how they played in the entire month of September. That momentum combined with the pitching staff, that was something that could carry them deep into the playoffs. So we'll see. Uh, Love it. As always, before we get out of here, we're a full week into the playoffs now. What else is sticking out to you around the rest of the league when it comes to October baseball? What surprised you thus far? I think I just got your prediction on Baltimore, Texas tonight. The Diamondbacks, too, have been really, really good. Um, To to do what they've done to the Dodgers in a building where they've struggled is is incredible. Um, You know, you think about going into the – the Bronx and doing what teams do to the Yankees in the playoffs since 2009, except for the twins. Uh, Same kind of deal with the Dodgers. It's a hostile, difficult place to play. And you have to feel really good about yourself. If you're the diamondbacks, it's a young team, Corbin Carroll, Gabriel Marino, they are going to be fun for a while. It's always hard to face off against those Dodgers, but they are going toe to toe. And, you know, I wasn't loving, and I I talked about this. I don't love the idea that people are saying, Oh, the top seeds shouldn't have to sit so long. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you can only do so many things to mitigate that the postseason is a pretty random set of events. And so, honestly, um, I like the way the postseason is right now. I don't want to add teams. Not really interested in subtracting teams. I think they've found a sweet spot where there's enough drama in the wild card series, but it's not a one and done. I'm okay with where everything is at right now, and I think we've had a pretty entertaining postseason. If you didn't see Bryce Harper getting doubled off first base to end the game. Unbelievable. Dude, unbelievable. I was just going to say, Atlanta or yeah, Atlanta was six outs away from being down two games to nothing last night. Yep. And all of a the sudden, best offense, back. One of the best offenses we've seen in our lifetime, uh, non-2019 edition, and wow. they were on the brink, on the edge of possibly being swept off their booties. Um and now it's a, it's a whole new ball game. October baseball, man. Nothing better. Twins run yep. into the buzzsaw today. Wheels kind of fall off in game three. They lose to the Astros 9-1. to one. 
Game four tomorrow, season on the line. They're going to turn to Joe Ryan, hopefully extends their 2023 campaign to a game five. We can get to Pablo Lopez back on the mound at least one more time this year. Uh, hey, huge shout out, though, to everyone who joined us on tonight's postcast. And another reminder, we will be here every single playoff game from here on out to break down all the action. That's a reminder, too. Go check out Brandon. Every week on the Lockdown Twins podcast, he's pumping out everything you need to know as the Twins try and stay hot, try and force this game five tomorrow night. That'll do it for us as October baseball continues. Follow us on X at Luke underscore Spinman, at Brandon underscore Warren. Follow all our work over at the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network and the Lockdown Twins podcast network. Same time, same place tomorrow. But until then, he's Brandon Warren. I'm Luke Inman. Signing out. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.